Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast video edition. Thank you so much for watching and listening today. You can find us online 24-7 at pathtozion.com. And uh, you can always find us on Facebook. Um, and just so you know, I mean, because we're picking up people who are watching on YouTube for the first time, um, the Path to Zion podcast has been ongoing for just over two years now. And it's primarily an audio podcast. Um, for Because there's excess time in my life right now, and, and in some of these series get very lengthy and and we've we it's 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 showing quickly that that we just get a different audience when we do videos uh, a lot of people of course like watching videos in the evening um, in their homes and you know it's just more conducive for some people to sit and watch something as opposed to listen and then we have people who say because we lag behind in the inhabitants series uh, we were man four episodes i think behind the video editions and people are like hey I'm seeing all these YouTube videos, but like, where's the audio? <laughs> um, so, okay, yes, we, we're, we're getting caught up with that. I think there's still two parts of that series yet to post. And I've got other um, audio uh, episodes recorded from, man, two weeks ago that haven't even posted. So content is no issue right now. <laughs> uh, it's just a matter of getting it all out um, in a timely manner. So thank you for following us uh, for giving of your time, your effort for, for any one of you who have, as I mentioned in the last episode, who have given uh, actual money to us. Thank you. It's such a blessing. It's incredible that anyone would want to be a part of something that any of us, you know, that all of us have given to people and to endeavors and, you know, to ministries and all these things, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a privilege for the body to come together when we, when we find something or someone that is like, man, this is what the Spirit's saying. It's awesome for any one of us to have the opportunity to, to join in doing that. Um, so thank you to all of you who have, who have shared this, who have, who have taken a beating over the, the Inhabitant series. I've heard from some that are like, man, I shared that with, with so-and-so, and boy, I, th <laughs> I thought leaving the church was, was a big deal. But man, coming out of America, whoa, that makes leaving just normal religious church look easy. <laughs> it's true, and that's why we needed to shed light on it, and we'll continue to do so, but praise the Father, He's moving us on for now uh, to some other things. And so in part one, this series that we're doing right now, it's only going to be that part and this one. It's only going to be two parts. Crippled at the table, barely delivered is the, is the, is the title here. Now, in part one, we talked about Mephibosheth in Second Samuel. He is... Um, he is told that he we're told that he exists in Second Samuel chapter four, and the primary text that we use was Second Samuel nine. Of course, you probably watched that part one, so we're not going to go over all of that again. But it does bear mentioning that that we have to get through our minds these these biblical accounts are for our personal good. They are to reveal our own condition, and in in deep layers sometimes we can see the spiritual imagery in the, the recorded accounts of certain individuals like Mephibosheth and who he was, why his name meant what it did, and where he went. Why did he go live there in Lodabar? What does Lodabar mean? Why, why, did, why did David call for him 
Why did he, all these things, they're for a purpose. It's not just mere information. It's not just some history book alone. It, it, it's unto a great purpose. And so it's, it, it blows my mind. Anytime, every time, man, we read the Bible, it jumps off the pages and we could spend every day of our lives studying to show ourselves approved. And doing these things, talking about it, sitting in in rooms with people, talking about the kingdom, man. Let's talk about the kingdom. Praise the Father, I had a phone call with my parents yesterday. I wanted to check in with them. I haven't talked to them for a couple weeks. They live, you know, out of state. We have no family here. Um, Geographically, our, our blood family is either disinterested in knowing us or on the other side of the of the country, <laughs> here, there, and everywhere. It's just the way it is. But so I called them to check in on them yesterday. You know, kind of how are you guys doing um, in the present climate of this age? And man, I was so encouraged. They're like, this is just foolishness, you know. Um, and again, I come from a just normal conservative Republican Christian family. You know, military background for my 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 grandparents and uncles and great uncles and, and my dad and my brother were just normal. Um, but I was just thankful to hear my family who I love and, and, and honor and respect their vantage point say, you know, Joel, all this stuff isn't about the kingdom, not about the kingdom. It's just a mess. Everybody's standing up and fighting for their rights. You, I thought we gave up our rights. I thought we're in I thought we're in a, the, the sun. I thought we're venturing on towards something greater that this nation can't hold or house. Oh, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, that made me feel better. And so as we talk about these things, we have to see ourselves in this account in 2 Samuel of an undeserved people, a shameful people, crippled, lame from birth, <laughs> pretty much, um, early on. And... We've been called to the king's court. We've been called into his presence. We've been called for. (laughs) We've been sent for by the king to come and do what Mephibosheth did, which again, I want to highlight, he went to the ground. He went on his face and shakad before the king and said, I'm a dead dog, man. Don't you know me? And the king says, Mephibosheth, I fully know you, son. Stand up. I made a covenant with your father. And because of that covenant, you're coming in to sit at my table for the rest of your days. And friends, that's our story. That's our story. That's that's the story of those in Yeshua Messiah, Jesus. A king has come. He has sent out messages to us through his holy word, through supernatural events, through um, his, his representatives, his messengers, people who are already in him. He has sent word for us to call what? To call us out of our sin, shame, depravity, darkness, and brokenness. And when we come and fall before him, we can begin a journey of restoration. And then we stand up and we say again, don't you know who I am? And he says, yes, son, I know your name. I know your name, but I knew, I knew your father and we're in covenant together and that covenant has made its way all the way down to you just because of who you are just because of who you are it's beautiful it's beautiful it's incredible and so he shakas he falls on his face again and says i can't believe it summarized i can't believe it i can't believe i'm here 
And I, I feel that way now, man. I've been born again 13 years for real. I went through church my whole life, got saved, you know, when I was 10. Um, we talked about that. What is saved? I, I was never saved. I'm not saved now. I'm being saved. I will be saved if I endure to the end. That's the biblical reality. I wasn't saved. I will be saved. <laughs> I'm enduring now alongside others doing likewise in the pattern of Yeshua, Messiah, the slain lamb, son, mediator, servant, most high. Man, I'm in his likeness, in his image, more and more and more, hopefully, every day. It's a journey. I was born again, born of the water, born of the Spirit, and embarked upon a new journey. To what? To go towards Zion. To wait for journey and sojourn through a temporal land and temporal kingdoms of men full of mess, evil, idolatry. What? My gaze is set. My gaze is set on a land where Yahweh Elohim has placed his name. And that's where I'm going. And for whatever reason, for today, <laughs> I, I'm, my gaze is set. May it be that way tomorrow and the next and the next. I don't know. I'll have to decide that tomorrow. But for today, me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. No other gods. And as those other gods are revealed in our hearts and we see them for what they are, they've got to go. They've got to go. There's plenty of things I could name right now that are on the table that I am considering leaving behind because... If that's idolatry, it's got to get out of here. I don't want it. It's vile. If it's vile in the eyes of my father, it should be vile in the eyes of me. 1 Peter chapter 4 again, crippled at the table, barely delivered. We're getting to the secondary part of this, this series. Um, barely delivered. Now, this morning, and I'll just be honest, I, I have not been getting up to pray in the morning. Um, I've been lazy. It's winter time. I've always struggled in winter. I'm not being a crybaby. I'm not saying I have some deficiency and something's wrong with me emotionally, but I struggle through winter time. I don't do well. I'm an outside guy. In the summer, I am outside from the moment the sun comes up till it goes down as much as possible. Um, I don't do well in the dark and in the snow and in the cold and in the isolation of being in the house. A lot of times, historically speaking, for me, I retreat. I don't do well spiritually. I struggle and strain and, and hold on till spring. Well, for the last, I don't know, two or three winters, the, the Father's really helped me to not be that way anymore, to not be down and out and depressed and, and just kind of stuck and stagnant. But that being said, I have been lazy with getting up every morning to pray and to really seek the Father for my household, for, for this, um, just for, for what the Spirit's saying. I've been lazy with that. Uh, and my wife and I had a, a frank conversation about that last night, um, which, which gave me a, an, an option, a choice of, well, what am I going to do about it? So this morning I got up. One day, big deal. This morning I got up early and I was just... In, in, the, in the time that I had at the very beginning of, of praying to the Father about uh, uh, any number of things, um, personal and beyond me, uh, national, global, like what, what, is, what, is, what is Yahweh doing on the earth in, the, in all this chaos and confusion and lies and deception? And God, you tell me what truth is. Cause I don't care about, I don't care about what I say is true. I don't care about this conspiracy or this story or or this story revealing the the lies of this story i just man i just don't care 
God, you got to tell me, would you tell me every little bit of truth that you're willing to tell me today? So in my doing that, I asked the Father specifically, why am I here right now? January 2021, why am I right here, 47 years old, married with one son, living where I do, doing what we do, being who we are? Why? Why right now? Would you show me in any increment why? Why are we here? What are we doing? Um, in this specific age, because I told my son this morning as we talked about this, you know, God could have placed any one of us, I just gave exam, random examples, you know, I told my son, Noah, you could have been born in ancient Egypt to, you know, this lady or that, or you could have been born in South Africa, um, you know, 150 years ago. You could be born, you know, 20 years in the future from right now. Like, but God ordained, foreknew that you would be here. He chose to place you right here, right now, for all this madness and craziness that I hate you're going to have to grow up in. But also, also equally true, as much as I hate that, he won't have a normal childhood like I had, riding my bicycle 100 miles a day all over the city I grew up in, all by myself, doing all the things I did for fun, an enjoyable life. He's not going to have that. The world is not like that. And again, I'm only 47. My son will not have that life. He won't. It, that's gone. And all these other things are going to soon be gone <laughs> as we move further into the future. But we just talked about the reality of why are we here? And so again, to get back to that specifically, I asked the Father, would you show us why we're here? Would you show me why you put us on this earth right now? Why are we here? Um, and what do we do with what you reveal? How do we hold that? How do we share it? How do we hold it maturely? You deliver it in humility? How do we confidently, isn't this a great question? How do we confidently receive oracles from God because he does nothing without first revealing it to his prophets? How do we hear these oracles? from the Father, man, from the Creator God eternal, and deliver them rightly without being big and boastful and we know and you don't. I mean, how do we do that? Yet confident. It's hard. It's very challenging. Um, but the interesting thing is an answer came very quickly, which is not a pattern, which doesn't happen every time. And I'm clear to say that to my son or anyone else. It's not like, well, every time Daddy prays, God speaks, honey. <laughs> it's not that, and, and I, I want to be clear, I'm not saying that in any way whatsoever. But today, today, sometimes, an answer comes, and it comes quick. And this morning, man, I'm telling you, as sure as I was standing there praying to the Father and communing with Him, and after I confessed my laziness and my, my disinterest to, to pursue Him hard, as hard as what is, what is demanded of me individually, I heard 1 Peter chapter 4. I mean, like, clear. In here now. In here. No no audible, earth-shattering voice from the mountain. But I heard 1 Peter chapter 4. So, of course, I went and I read it. And I would, I would encourage you, like I said in our whiteboard teaching today on Facebook, if you have not read that chapter recently, I would encourage you right now to pause this video and go read it. And it's short. It's short. It's short. How many, how many verses are there? 19, man. You could read that in the time that, well, you could read it quickly. 
I would encourage you to do that, to just stop and do that. So in, in, in light of what I've been saying for years now, and of course what we've been saying in immeasurable measure, can that be, can you have an immeasurable measure? I don't, I don't think that really works together. <laughs> to great lengths, we have been talking about this principle for a long time. Um, it's kind of, it's just kind of who we are in our household. It's a message and theme of this podcast. It's often a message you hear repeated over and over again. But verse 17, and we're going to read the whole thing, but let's just look at verse 17 real quick. For it's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? But the first part is we've got to hang up on, because this is where we are. And again, I've been saying it for a long, long time, for many years, but man, right now, I'm saying it in, in 20 different ways every day. Judgment has come. Judgment has come. Now, to what extent, and we had a good discussion um, on Saturday with like, well, was are we in judgment? Are we in wrath? No, no way we're in wrath. That's, that's yet to come. But we're, 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 I believe judgment is, is at the door, and they're ready to come in. Judgment is coming. Um, and I believe, again, is now here. Um, but but let's, let's just read, let's read the entire chapter. Because this, 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 this has got to be heard. Even if, you know, I've read it twice this morning. And you probably, hopefully, you just stopped and read it. And so, but we're going to read it again. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose. Because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lusts, drunkenness, carousals, drinking, parties, and abominable, abominable idolatries. It was so funny. We read this as a family this morning. I have to mention this. And if you have children, just turn them away real quick. <laughs> but in verse 3, I had my son um, read the first seven verses. <laughs> and when he got to his version, said, orgies. <laughs> this will give you a good chuckle. And he said, orgies, whatever those are. And then he just kept reading. And my wife and I were, were, were struggling to, to contain our, our chuckles. I love it when I love it. Now, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament when we read it or my son reads it. I cringe. And I think, oh, my gosh, I am I am incapable entirely of explaining that appropriately to my son today. Lord, help us. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, so anyway, where are we in all of this? They are surprised that you don't run with them into the same excess of dissipation and they malign you. They shall give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead, that though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober for the sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Another version basically says, have people in your house, man. Have people in your home. 
make sure you're someone who does that. Have people in your home. <laughs> Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God, the oracles of God. Whoever serves, let him do so as by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Yeshua Messiah, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. Why? Why, God? Why? <laughs> but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, hello, to the measure, to the degree that you're willing to share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exultation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ now, you are blessed. That's key. You better make sure if you're reviled, it's not because you're just a really rude, irresponsible, quick-to-speak, quick-to-become-angry Christian man, and then just say, well, I'm getting persecuted for my faith. You'd better be careful. We better be careful. But if we're reviled for the name of Christ now, we're blessed because the spirit of glory in God rests upon you. By no means let any of you suffer as a murderer, thief, evildoer, troublesome meddler, getting all up in everybody else's business 24-7. But if anyone suffers as a follower of Yeshua, let him not feel ashamed, but in that name let him glorify God. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who don't obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous are saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, let those also who suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Now listen. There's a million things we could pull out of here. We're not going to do it because we're already 22 minutes in. But, but let's, let's stay on track again. Crippled at the table, barely delivered. There's so many things within this text that I'd love to talk on, but, but we don't have time for all of this stuff. But again, I would, I would harbor on verse 17. The time has come for the judgment to begin. And it begins in the house of Yahweh. It begins with his people. It has to begin there. We have got to allow the, the, the shaking to come for us to be moved, to be awakened, to be made again, if we have been, alert and sober of the reality of what is coming to us first, embracing it, willingly embracing it. It goes on to say, and again, I like. there's another version that I read this morning, that says the righteous will barely be delivered. The righteous will barely be delivered. Okay, so we're going to make this connection the best way I know how. It makes sense in my mind about why we talked about being crippled at the table with Mephibosheth in 2 Samuel with this text in 1 Peter chapter 4, where barely delivered are the righteous. 
the 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 chapter here in First Peter four concludes with telling us that if we suffer according to God's will, now if it's very again here we are prerequisites. We have to know why we are encountering trials, tribulations, persecutions, because it may very well be just because we're jerks. We have to be fair and honest. I have to, I have to constantly analyze myself because I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a, I can be seen as a, and I can be, not just seen as, I'll just be honest. I can be very aggressive. I can be very strong and, 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 that doesn't draw many people. It pushes most people away because I won't just listen to something and be like, all right, praise God. I'm the type of guy who will be like, well, what about this? What about this? That doesn't align with this. And it takes dialogue. It takes time. And so I have to myself, I'll use myself as an example again, just to be clear. I have to constantly say, if, if I say something that offends someone, is it because I am suffering according to God's will that I'm receiving this shunning or this refusal to listen to what I'm saying? Or is it because I'm just being a jerk? Is it because I'm not walking in the spirit of Messiah? You, know, you understand what I'm saying? So we have to gauge our, our, our literal, literal level of self-control and how we carry ourselves, how we speak. That's hard for me. Um, emotional people are emotional people. And it's hard to be a spirit-led man in all things, at all times, towards all individuals over every single topic that comes. It's very challenging for all of us in different measure. And so we have to understand, like we have to ask ourselves that that is all throughout this chapter that keeps saying, if you're suffering according to God's will, if you are doing this and doing this, then... It will be glory. Then it will be beneficial. Then it will be for your good. And we, so we have to ask ourselves these questions. Like, why are these things coming to pass in my life? Is it because I'm standing up truly for Yeshua Messiah? Or is it because I'm just being a real pain in the butt because all I'm telling you about is how awful Facebook is and how you demon liars can all leave like I'm leaving? <laughs> You know, and sticking it to people like in just the anger and angst and verbiage of the of the church. That might be why people hate you. That might be why people hate us, church, is because we're just foolish, rude, quick to speak, quick to become angry, and we're not Christ-like. We're not walking in the pattern of Messiah and the spirit of Messiah. And so that's why often we receive persecution. We have to know why we're receiving the things that we are. It's worth talking about. But this thing specifically about the righteous will barely be delivered, it really stuck out to me and really caught my attention. Now, I had a phone call with a brother just last night. We were talking about this reality, and he and I, for whatever reason, have a lot of camaraderie in these things specifically of like, man, I'm seeking the heart of the Father. I want to walk in the way of the suffering servant. I want to deny myself. I want to leave behind my constitutional rights and, and, and everything I've been told I deserve. But man, I hope I make it. I hope I get in. I hope I'm not deceived. I hope I'm not led astray. That could be me tomorrow. That could be me in five minutes. And we understand our condition, our frailty, that we're not superhuman now because we're in Messiah. 
And so if, if the righteous will barely be delivered, friends, what does that mean for us? Okay, the church is more interested presently in the latter part of that verse, which says how hard it's going to be for what? Let's look at it specifically. Um, where is that? 17. Okay, so the church often talks to no end. Right now, especially the patriotic evangelical church is always saying, um, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And we talk about that all the time. I heard that, man, I hear that from brothers I love of just like, God, you're going to judge the evildoers. You're going to get them. Ah, <laughs> oh, I can't stand that because now we have to be careful because we can read David in Psalms. We can read like judgment for our enemies and those things. And that's fine and good and necessary. But man, we better hold that very carefully. And first and foremost, we better remember the first part of this verse specifically, for it's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And only the and the righteous will only barely, barely be delivered. So I thought, well, let's look into that word. We're going to bring this to a close here in just a moment. Um, but this word uh, in the Greek is molis, scarcely with difficulty. And this one, this should terrify us in a rightful, humble way as we stare up at the mountain of God and tremble in His presence. Right? Rarely. Okay, the Greek word for the righteous will barely be delivered is molis, scarcely, with great difficulty, and rarely, rarity. It's very rare that the righteous will be delivered, friends. Do you understand that? Do you understand the gravity of that? We just throw out this blanket of American Christianity and it covers everyone. Did you believe in Jesus? Yes. Whew. Man, am I glad you're good. How about you? Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I don't want judgment. Okay. Whew. Judgment's over then, right? No. Judgment must begin here right now on the church first. And barely, 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 barely will the righteous be delivered. With great difficulty will they be delivered. Delivered is the Greek sozo, which is just salvation. It's salvation. Healing. Restoration. They will barely, the righteous, man, please, Lord, Lord, let it be us. Even, even if we are righteous, we will barely see the deliverance of the Father. So church, how are you doing with this shaking? Do you understand your identity? Do you understand, are you constantly remembering the Mephibosheth reality that you're, if in fact you are at the king's table, man, you're crippled at the table. You're crippled at the table. Because you not fell. You fell and you were broken and you were shameful and you were brought to the table, redeemed, restored, healed. But even then, even when that came, you shaka to the floor in awe and in reverence of the king and said, Oh God, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve your presence. I don't deserve to sit and eat of your food. I deserve to go back to Lodabar and dwell in my shame. But the king says, son, I know, I know, I know. The covenant of the Father wins out every time. So eat up some more. Enjoy the king's presence. It's very humbling. We have to walk in that place. And we have to remember, we're crippled at the table. And man, even if we're righteous, even if we have 
This gets complicated, but even if we're in the righteousness, the identity of the Son, the firstborn of many brethren, if we have lost our life for His sake, and therefore we've found it, and we're hidden with Him in God, Yahweh eternal, even if we're barely getting in, we're barely being delivered with rarity. Judgment is at the door for this land and for the church. The American church, for sure, to new levels right here, right now. Global church, yes, sure thing as well. But many other countries have already been enduring and have already been in true true persecution. We, the American church, we have not. We have not. And, and, and most of the majority are fighting it tooth and nail. We will not give up our comforts, our liberties. And that church is going to have a very hard time squeezing through to be delivered. And many, the elect, are going to be led astray because they are going to have to lay down the Constitution, their rights, and the American patriotic Christian dream to be delivered. It's going to be very hard for those who, whose identity is national and Christian and are mixed. We've talked about that to great measure. But this is, the only, this is only the beginning. This is the beginning. Judgment must come to the house of Yahweh Elohim. It must. It's His goodness. It's His kindness. Even the righteous will barely be delivered. So friends, embrace your condition. Embrace the condition. Embrace the covenantal reality of the King. Between the King and the Father that we established in part one, I believe clearly, the only reason we are at the table of the King is because of the goodness of the Father and the covenantal reality of our King who said, you know what? This is bigger than you. <laughs> this is greater than you. This is something that is a covenantal reality that I have invited you firsthand now. I called you by name like we saw with Mephibosheth. I sought you out. I called you to my, my kingdom. I called you to my palace. I called you to this room to sit at this table beside me, the king. It's beautiful. It's incredible. You cannot earn that. All you have to do is what Mephibosheth did. The crippled, lame, shameful man that he was came and responded, went to his face in the presence of the almighty king, David, in this point. And he was raised up and exalted and given a place, a place of royalty, man, in his broken condition, a place of royalty beside the king. And friends, that's the greatest asset of all of this. It's not all the accolades we get or all the, 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 the mansions in the sky and the, and the nice, cozy, warm, awesome, blessing, favorable things here. No way. The greatest covenantal promise and reality is something that we will, we will be joined with again in the future. The presence of the king. The presence of the king. Because, look, all this stuff is well and good. All the biblical promises of the ones who lose their life and go into the Messiah. Yes and amen is, is a long, lengthy, lengthy list. But the greatest culmination of all of it is that any one of those any one of us who respond to that call to come to the king's presence and shakah ourselves to the floor, 
We get to be in the presence of the king. And that is incredible. And that is what gives us the ability to turn off all this noise down here and to keep our eyes focused on the place where Yahweh placed his name because that's where I'm going to be with him. And I'll be crippled at the table, barely delivered. Barely delivered. I hope this is your, your, your journey as well. It's not been decided yet for any one of us. It is ongoing, unfolding as we move ahead. Rediscovering the ancient way is what we're doing. You've been watching the Path to Zion podcast and listening. Thank you for joining us today. This stuff is awesome. I want to do, I want to do 10 more episodes today. I'm just thankful that, that the Father's speaking. What is he speaking to you? Let us know. Let us know what's going on, where you are. Podcast at gmail.com. Please do that. Reach out to us. We will respond. Like I told you, I will respond within 24 hours of you emailing us. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. Conversations, dialogue, questions, challenges. It's awesome. It's a privilege that we're invited into this reality. Thank you for watching. Um, share these videos if you want to. If you feel like it's something that could help the corporate body, friends, family, atheists, those who have no purpose, no hope. Everyone's so fearful right now, including the church, and it's time for us to shake it off, be people who are righteous so that we can barely be delivered in the hours that are yet before us. Thank you for watching. Amen.